I said, mm-hmm. the only way I'm gonna get stuck in a contract is if you paying me. Right. I mean, if it's a good, if you, if you paying me, yeah. But if, then again, as an yeah. artist, you want to be able to free to do stuff. So but, you know, I mean, wants to be stuck. Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to pay me to be stuck with millions of dollars, <laughs> right, maybe, how much maybe being stuck isn't that bad. <laughs> right. It ain't that bad. I just gotta wait three to five years. Convincing Creatives. This is episode 15. We have a special guest on the show. We got Johnny Dutch. So uh, Johnny and I kind of know each other pretty well, right? Would you <laughs> yeah, say? By now, yeah. Yeah, by now. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, I've actually been making a documentary about Johnny for the last five years called Run of the Picture. Right when you're listening or watching this podcast, it's probably on Amazon Prime, so you should go watch it. Um, but that's kind of how we met. Like We met back in 2014. Uh, I read an article in the News and Observer of all places, which is the uh, newspaper here in Raleigh, and uh, basically just talking about making films and running track. Yeah, is that is that like <laughs> is that probably like a good summation of what your life is? Like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, that's how you had hit me yeah. up right one day. It was like, hey, I read your article. Yeah. Um, I want to shoot shoot your story. I was right. like, okay, let's go yeah. for it. Yeah, and, and we just like basically met at a Starbucks, and we're like, okay, yeah. so if we're gonna do this, uh, I'm just gonna get some footage from one of your zombie movies, which you were making at the time, and then yeah. like some footage on the track. I was like, you know, we'll see how it goes, maybe a couple months of <laughs> filming. And then uh, we went all the way through to the 2016 Olympic trials. We went through to making another film. We went through to you training for four or five of those years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and like we finally collected all the footage and we just watched the rough cut. Yeah. What, what was that like for you, man? Like It was amazing. I think you did an incredible job just to yeah, accumulate all that. that footage from like four or five years. Yes. I mean, let alone working on a feature for three months and having to puzzle that right. stuff together, but having to put five years worth of footage together, that takes some work, man. I, so I, I give it, it to you. <laughs> I appreciate My hat's it. off to you, man. It, it was just like hard drives on hard drives on hard drives. Yeah. Like I probably went like through, five hard drives. Yes, <laughs> like probably 15 terabytes. <laughs> between everything i mean it was an insane amount of footage gosh that's a lot but that's the thing with doc and like documentaries is like you're just rolling and like trying to wait for a moment and mm-hmm. you don't want to not be rolling in case you miss it because you know it's that moment where you're like ah, oh, i think i'm good that you're gonna miss you know some amazing moment that's true um but yeah that's so that true. was the the film and we'll, we'll come back around to run of the picture but uh just sort of like to give people who maybe aren't aware who you are a little bit of an intro yeah. uh who are you johnny like what's your kind of background like Where'd you grow up? What's what's like you that makes you you? Well, yeah, I'm from originally from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I grew up there and then moved to Clayton. Okay, um, where I am now. Um, I've traveled all over the world. Um, and track and field has afforded me that opportunity. Um, I've been running for Team USA since I've been in high school. Um, I've competed for junior U, uh, international teams up to senior international teams, and also the 2015 World Championships in Beijing, China. Um, so those are the, the biggest uh, platforms I've ever competed on. Um, and then I've been to Olympic trials since 2008, right. <laughs> going on going Pretty into familiar. 2020. Right, yeah. right. So that's familiar territory. Yeah. Um, and then as far as film, I've been creating films since I was a teenager um, and graduated from the University of South Carolina with a film degree. Okay. And since then, I've been grinding and putting out independent material. Right. And, and I mean, I can only relate to that. I mean, y'all who listen know <laughs> all the stuff I talk about all the time with yeah. being an independent filmmaker. But let's get Johnny's take. I'm Johnny. Like, what's that like? I mean, you know, the long days, the long hours, not having money, you know, asking for favors like, 
you know, you've been doing it for years and years and years and also running as an international track star and like traveling across the world. Like, mm -hmm. how do you balance the time? Man, there it's like, hard. Is there? Like, I, I still feel like there's no time. Right? No, there never's time. <laughs> right? It's like, never, never time. I yeah. feel like you just have to create time. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to prioritize what you want when you want to do it. Right? You know right. what I mean? And make it work. Because a while when I started doing both and taking both seriously, yeah. um, it was hard to juggle both. Because it's like you're trying to be a world class athlete, but at the same time, you want a big break. Right. as a filmmaker um but eventually i learned how to juggle the time just with time i just learned how to do both and now i'm at the point where i can go back and forth and it not be too stressful um because just let alone as you know being an independent filmmaker it's a lot of stress and there's a lot of work mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pressure that you put on yourself yes you know what i mean because you have expectations for yourself right and, and you, you want to reach a certain level so you, you push yourself, right. you know, um, but the biggest thing I've learned through the years is just kind of just to have fun with it mm -hmm. and just let it happen and let things happen when it's supposed to. Who are uh, some of your favorite filmmakers and also maybe some of your favorite athletes that you draw inspiration from? Um, well, I know filmmakers right off the bat, back of my hand. Um, Quentin Tarantino, I think he's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's kind of quirky, weird, but he's his own person, right? He's his own person <laughs> for better or worse, he's, right? He's always himself, <laughs> he's in his own lane. I'll yes. tell you that much. Um, and then, of course, new inspirations like Jordan Peele, he's someone yeah. that's opening doors, and I think he has a brilliant mind. Um, we were just talking about us. Yeah, we just we just talking about us. Interesting concept of a film. Um, so new, you have new people like him and um, like Ryan Coogler and stuff like that. Um, but then I, uh, my ultimate is Steven Spielberg. Like, of course, Jurassic Park is my favorite film of all time, and that was directed by Steven Spielberg. But I think he's a genius. He's like Hollywood royalty at this point. Yeah. You know, to be able to work with him or even meet him one day would just be yeah. like right. the stuff you could learn in five minutes from him. Yeah, I mean, or anyone, you know, because like, these guys have worked yeah. with actual film. Yeah. So I feel like they have a different perspective than mm -hmm. a lot of these newer schools. Like they worked with film where you mm -hmm. actually had to sit in the studio and cut it. And right. It was a little bit more complicated. Right. Time consuming. Well, I know? mean, and you have a unique perspective. I mean, from the track world, you've trained with people like Coach Williams, George Williams, who has coached, you know, the U.S. Olympic team and the Greece games. And I mean, you know, all kinds of wisdom and experience there. And mm -hmm. I think you can apply the same to filmmakers. And I think like, you know, a lot of times in the new generation, there's always people um, who want to just like do their own thing. And they're like, you know, whatever to who came before. But I think there's also a lot of lessons. And I've heard you talk about that with yeah. both track and film. Um, yeah. Maybe like what, what are some things that you've learned uh, from folks like that, whether it's your coaches or, you know, people in the film world? Um, the biggest thing that I always go to is just being resilient. Right. And I think as humans, we all have that. You kind of have to be. It's like an instinct. Yeah, it's an yeah. instinct that we all have. Um, some people can't handle it, and they do fail, and they give up. Um, but majority of us, I think it's just the instinct. You just have to be resilient and bounce right. back. Um, there are moments where you lose races. It feels like shit, and then you, you keep it going. You go back to training, and mm -hmm. you, you go back to square one, do what you got to do to win. Um, and filmmaking is kind of the same thing. Sometimes you're not going to win every competition you submit into, or you may not get, you may get rejected from a film festival. It's a lot of that out you know, there. It's a I lot mean, of that out yeah. there. It sucks. But, but then, it's like, yeah, it's part of yeah. it. And you have to learn how to be rejected. You have to learn that everyone's not going to like your shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they're just yes, not. I was going to say. You just have to accept that right. and accept people for that. And you may not want them to just love everything you do because, That's like, true. honestly, 
you know, I mean, films that are just technically great films, but don't have something either kind of, you know, different about them or kind of a message that's like subversive or something they're trying to say that's different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll just forget about it until mm-hmm. someone reminds you. And it's right. oftentimes like those films that it's like, you know, the one where you see the reviews on Amazon mm-hmm. and it's like people like there's a bunch of people that loved it and a bunch of people that hated it. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like, mm-hmm. what's the divide? What's going on there? Like, right. What do they like, what do they see? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like someone's seeing something different than someone else and that's better than just sort of a mm-hmm. you know like unique or just this blend of everyone agreeing right know? and so i'd rather everyone yeah. say i'd rather have more people say i hate it and give, yeah. give me a thumbs down than everyone say oh i liked it and then have and nothing it. else to say yeah because if you don't have something to say about one of my films i think you you miss the you you right. either miss the point or i miss the point right right somebody like, some, <laughs> like that's the thing i mean like yeah and if you're a filmmaker mm-hmm. you ideally want to be saying something and it doesn't have to be you know the most philosophical groundbreaking thing ever and like, right. that's what we talk about so much on the show is like mm-hmm. artists put all this expectation on themselves yeah and they're like you know if i'm making something in the world it's 2019 what hasn't been said right you know, and it's, it's hard like a lot has been said mm-hmm. but i think if you're kind of crafty in how you say it mm-hmm. you can sort of adapt something from your perspective or something that you know yes may have been technically said but you're adding a different flavor to it and that's true everyone has a different way they can do that exactly um with exactly. with your work right now like where where's your mind at i know you just finished your first feature film and you're kind of yeah. getting ready to put that out into the world soon and yeah. can you talk about that yeah um well i'll give you some background to the yeah. story i haven't really told anybody this and i don't know if i should <laughs> but why not this is live <laughs> right um so i was living in, in atlanta last year doing the whole pursuing the film yeah. career thing and it was hard to get a break down there, honestly. Um, so I was working regular jobs just just to make ends meet. Um, I was staying on friends' couches, right? Um, and honestly, at one point, point I was living out of my car, right? Because um, you know I was bouncing from uh, house to house and right. trying to work jobs here and there, and eventually I had to live out of my car during the summer. And it was really hard because in that moment I was in the middle of filming my feature, really? and so oh, wow. I would go to sleep in my car. It was really hot. It was like ninety degrees outside. I was sleep with my doors open (laughs) and then like wake up the next day and prepare for the shoot (laughs) so uh, a lot of people didn't know that but it was just something that i went through that i didn't want to go through but apparently at the time i had to Mm -hmm. um a lot of like my parents of course they love me they're like come home Mm -hmm. but they didn't understand it was my goal to get this film out there it was a story that i had written and i was like it was my experience and i was like the only person that's going to get it out is me so i have to i got to persevere and get this story out there if i don't get it if i just quit now then i feel like i just failed myself so i was like if i have to stay in my car a couple more months i'm going to do it and that's what i did i finally ground ground out the um your grind i Mm -hmm. I grinded out and um finally got it finished and then i moved home because i was like okay i can't keep sleeping out of my car oh sure sure but uh so so did you kind of hit a point down there where you said you know it has to be atlanta you've got the connections that you know you had hustled to find once you got there and Mm -hmm. it was a matter of just seeing it through yeah sort of the biggest thing that's basically what it was because i didn't expect that like going down there i was very optimistic right um i was like you know i have a place to stay for the moment Mm -hmm. um didn't think it through fully but i was like this is what my situation um i found the actors uh I found the actors, they all agreed to do it for free, which is a huge blessing. Oh, for sure. Um, so I've, that I've took the weight that's, off, yeah. right? Because that's a whole nother layer. Yeah. Well, and know? people get weird about that. Like sometimes people say, oh, you know, I won't do this for free. Or you should never work for free. Mm-hmm. And, and I always say, you know, and I've helped people in return. And I think it just depends like, 
what is the project? Because if the mm-hmm. project you don't feel invested in, you don't care about the story, then you definitely shouldn't do it for free. But yeah. if you love the story and you feel like there's an opportunity to like change, you know, perspective or say something new, mm-hmm. I'm always down to get involved. Um, right, right. But I mean, you know, that's me. So you right, know, everyone's right. different. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. So what was the biggest lesson that you maybe learned from that production? And I, I know you said you had a pretty grueling schedule and then obviously having, you know, a, a different living circumstance yeah. than normal, that's going to add additional challenges yeah um i guess there are a lot of things i learned from it but the biggest thing was just finishing my task all the way to the end um because so many people that do love me were saying hey just stop like one of my coworkers, i told her what i was doing she was like maybe you should just go home mm-hmm. and like i know she had my best interest at heart but she didn't understand i really needed to get this the right. story out there and everyone was like just go home go home but i was like in the middle of filming we were halfway done filming right. the story i was like i can't just stop now right um so i just i just found some type of fuel and i kept going it was yeah. hard because i mean late nights you know right. um in the car and it was really hot right i was just like i don't know if i could do this <laughs> but i had to stick it out you know and you feel it was worth it in the end i feel like it right. was worth it because if i would have came home if i would have never finished the story it'd be unfinished mm-hmm. and i can't i would never be able to say oh i finished the feature or you know i mm-hmm. would still be saying oh one day i'll do a feature mm-hmm. you know what i mean but now i feel like you have to do if you haven't done a film before, you have to get that sh- first short right. film out. You have to get your first feature out because it, it gets the webs out. Oh, yeah, easily. You have to because you learn yeah. so many things in the process. And then you can apply it to the next thing. To the thing. next thing, yeah. yeah. And you think, I mean, do you agree like people should definitely experiment with some different types of shorts before they settle on a feature? Or do you think it doesn't matter if you've got something to say? Um, It depends. I yeah. think it depends on your resources right, right. and how fast you catch on. Mm. Um, Like... I, I think it should take a few short films before a yeah. feature. Some people have done the straight to feature right, and they've say. done amazing jobs. But I also think is is who you're connected to and what knowledge do you have, uh, you know, aside from, you know, the short film or in just in the film industry in general. Do you know a lot about cameras, mm-hmm. about how, how to multitask mm-hmm. and scheduling? If you know how to plan, plan things and, right. and put things in, in planning, then yeah, it works. But I think it, it takes like practice. Oh yeah. And I mean, you do know? you feel, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. I'm really glad I, I wasn't handed, you know, I mean, I guess it would have been great if I was handed millions of dollars oh, yeah. to go Why make not? my first feature. <laughs> um, but in a way, like, but in a way in hindsight, I'm sort of glad I wasn't handed a big check because I had to really grind and I had mm-hmm. to, you know, do the late nights and, you know, work with crew and like kind of mm-hmm. collaborate on creative ways to get people compensated with, if it was money or just getting like gas in their tank and just like collaborating together and mm-hmm. then putting trust in me, you know? And it's like, right. are, are, would you say the same for your feature? Cause I feel like it taught me a lesson I would have never learned if I mm-hmm. had just been handed it. That's true. I agree. I think it builds integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, it builds all those strong morals that you need once you get your foot in the door. Um, so the biggest thing is learning how to work with people. And I feel like if you can work with people with what you love for free, right. then you can deal with it when you are doing it as a career and it's sustaining yeah. your life. Yeah. Um, so I agree. Yeah. It teaches you that. So, so you're here in kind of Raleigh, North Carolina area. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you find interesting here? Because I know right now, kind of shifting back into the track world, you're currently training and you're about to head over to Granada for their invitational. 
And then you're also got your site set on Tokyo 2020 for the Olympics. Yeah. Can you talk to me a little bit about training here, living here and working here for that? Yeah. So much pressure. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it's a mouthful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Got all the sound bites and what I just said. Right. All in one. Right. Um, I mean, it's new pressure, but it's not pressure I haven't dealt with before. Yeah, I was going to say. So now is I like yeah. it. You know right. what I mean? I'm used to it. Yeah. I'm used to it at yeah. this point. So it, I feed off of it. Um, but if anything, yeah, now it's just getting more projects out, uh, remaining um, creative right. and, and continue working hard on the track. And, right. you know, 2020 will be here before you know it. So world championships are, the, are this year. So mm -hmm. that's the main focus is right. just to make another team. And then after that, world championships and then next year's Olympic. Right. So and I mean, you've been working in the Olympic cycle, really going back to the Beijing one, right? 2008, 2008. Yeah, that's Beijing. Yeah. So Beijing. And yeah. you, I mean, you've seen what it takes. You've seen trials. You've seen all the lead up races. Um, can you talk to me about like what keeps you going? Is it sort of that same thing like we were just talking with film where it's like, you know, you've invested time and you want to just see it through and you've kind of learned perspective. And I, and I mean, I can only speak from what I've seen from you just because we have the unique relationship of doing the documentary. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I definitely am curious to hear your take on it too. Well, I think the biggest thing, a lot of people in track and field say run into the, you know, you can't run anymore mm -hmm. until the wheels fall off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, you hear that constantly. And so I always, that that's been instilled in me through the year, especially dealing with, uh, or speaking with veterans in, right. the, in the sport. And they're like, why stop now? If you're still healthy, if you can still stretch right. and touch your toes, um, if you still eat healthy, why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think about it like that. Like I'm still healthy. I can still go out on the track and comp compete with those young chickens. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm a little bit more seasoned now, but that's okay. It's yeah. okay to be a little bit more seasoned. And I look at it in that way. Yeah. Um, so I just look at it now. I'm a little bit more, I'm mentally strong um and i'm just i just know what to expect now yeah and i know what what work it takes to get there so it's a process it's hard but i know what it takes so at yeah. this point i you know i'm content with where i am and i'm just gonna go for it 100 percent. yeah what, so this is this just popped in my head so something you were just saying is very interesting because i feel like in the film world and we've both worked on sets that like we've you know been the cable wrangler and we've grabbed you know people coughing stuff and like you see that relationship where they value the age and being older and having experience mm -hmm. and like being a younger person in film it's you in, in you know the system of film yeah. it's usually you know you you have rever, you know reverence towards people who are older and been there but i feel mm -hmm. like with athletics it's the opposite mm -hmm. and people look to the youngest person and they always say like who's the youngest person doing the most for their age and mm -hmm. like it's a weird i mean both of those just run totally off of yeah that's so and true you operate in both worlds yeah i never thought about that yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting like it just dawned on me like yeah that's an interesting perspective um i didn't think about yeah. that but it's true like in the um sporting world the younger you are the fresh you are the more marketable mm -hmm. you are and so the longer you've been in the sport you have to be right. 10 times better than you were when you were 20 or those 20 20 year olds now right. um you really have to be 10 times better right. or it's like uh what have you done for me lately basically mm -hmm. you know that's the way these sporting companies are looking at it and you can't blame them I'm, of course they want something young and hot and like i can only speak to the film side mm -hmm. but you know for me i found this kind of happy medium where you know, I kind of operate and so do you, I mean, outside of the, you know, system of mm -hmm. filmmaking, but, you know, we dabble our toe back in for film festivals and stuff like that, because mm -hmm. I think there's so much more creative freedom in doing it yourself. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of, you know, going against a system like that, 
there can be backlash. People can say, oh, why are you doing this? Are you entitled? How could you make a film, a feature mm-hmm. film in your 20s? Or whatever? <laughs> and like, you know, because yeah. some people are in their 50s and they're still PAing and they're trying to like work their way up the DGA system and yeah. all that stuff. And, you know, that's great. And I think, you know, there can be many roads that lead to the same path. It's just for me, I found a road that works for me. Right. And I think that's sort of what you're hinting at is that people expect you know if you're an athlete you go down this road until you can't anymore and then you mm-hmm. you know coach or do whatever mm-hmm. and like i think you're you're experimenting can yeah you, can you talk about that because i think you know between what you've done like you know you technically retired from track mm-hmm. right, for, for so, like a little minute right and then you came back and now you're experimenting with that and you're doing you know feature and all these new things with uh film here in north carolina Right. Well, the advantage is of mm-hmm. film is you do get to experiment forever. Right. It's just like a forever experimentation, which is fun. You can do that till you drop. Yeah. <laughs> it make it work for you. Yeah. But um, but as you know, it's track. Um, it is hard to experiment because yeah. it's like, all right, there's time's ticking. Right. You know, and fortunately, thank God, I'm able to come back to it and experiment a little right. bit more and say, right. let me try it again. Because a lot of people, they stop. It's kind of like going to college or mm-hmm. you either make the decision to either go to college after high school or you don't. If you don't go to college or do, if you don't go to college, then it's harder to go back. 100%. Or even after college, go go straight and get your master's mm-hmm. or you're going to forget. It's hard to retain right. information. Right. So it's the same thing with track and field. Yeah. It's like, or in sports in general, you take a break. You're when you come back, your body is like, hold up, you what feel are you that doing? break. Yeah, mm-hmm. you and it makes training that much harder just to get back where you left off, mm-hmm. and then you have to get back to where you were when you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. that's that's the that transition is very difficult. Yeah, but not a lot of people are willing to endure it. But I figure why not? Yeah, no, I mean in that break you're talking about, like I kind of pseudo did that last year with film, mm-hmm. and like I made music videos and I was working you know, full time making videos and, you know, Mm. kind of other types of things for other people. And I realized I hadn't wrote a script going on a year plus. And I was like, that's a long time for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I was making stuff and I think like, you know, I'm definitely wasn't doing nothing, but at the same time Mm. I wasn't engaging a part of my brain that was like screaming for attention. Yeah. And then I recently started writing a new feature Mm. and, you know, now I'm just getting into a point where I feel good about what I'm writing, but it took months and months and months just to like feel like what I was writing had substance. And I had never Mm. felt that way before. It was super strange. And like, that's what's the point of the show is to like share that stuff is like, you know, mm. the show is kind of me discovering stuff along the way and like getting perspective from the guests and people who are on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you dealt with that? Like, because normally when I wrote stuff, it would always be from a place of like extreme excitement. Mm. But then lately it was like trying to force it out. But it was because, like you said, I had been on a break. You had been on a break. And then right. I felt it. And I was like, right. I'm using a part of my brain that had some cobwebs. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you ha- and as a creator, you right. if you are away from it that long, you actually have to force it out. Right. Right. Because either way, it's not going to come out any other way. Yeah. <laughs> no. And like I told myself, film is film. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a music video is a different type of film. It a corporate is. video is a different type of film. So a documentary different. is a different type of film. And I'm trying to do a narrative feature. Yeah. And like writing. <laughs> and I'm like, what is writing? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about why why do you like working outside of the system, quote unquote, with mm-hmm. film? And I would also even say with track a little bit, because mm-hmm. you've talked about how 
not that you shy away from sponsors, but you've kind of either found smaller businesses to work with. Mm -hmm. You've, you know, tagged your shoes instead of with tape, you've colored them with paint and you've kind of made bold like statements with your clothing. Can you talk a little bit about like why you do that? And like what kind of gives you that fire? Um, I think nowadays that's just the Mm -hmm. way this generation is moving. hundred percent. Um, they're, more independent on the way they move right. their business ideas, just the way they conceptualize things. Right. Um, and I don't know if it has a lot to do with uh, social media or technology. It probably does. Probably has something <laughs> to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, it so, permeates in so many ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so it's like, you kind of yeah. have to follow the trend a little bit. Right. And so instead of back in the day as a, a rap artist or a singer, you know, the big thing was getting a major label. Right. right. But now you can just throw a song on YouTube or SoundCloud right. and generate so much buzz and the artists are making their label i mean yeah. literally here in raleigh this weekend j cole's bringing dreamville festival mm, yeah like, yeah you know uh mm, that's gonna i can't huge. wait for yeah it. a lot of people I'm, i have a ticket that. and i'm very excited <laughs> um but it's like that i mean like you know he mm-hmm. you know made his own label he signed other artists he's given other artists opportunities mm-hmm. and like that took time but yeah. you know i think it's not like everyone's running to universal records or whatever, right you know and they're awesome, but yeah. at the same time, they're just not signing any right anybody. You know, what I mean, I feel like the groundbreaking stuff is coming from the ground level. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel that's like true. truly, like that's true. You know, all the stuff that's blowing up, it's like whether it's a viral video that someone just made and went for. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the the winning film at this past uh, in 2018, mm-hmm. South by Southwest was Thunder Road, which mm-hmm. uh, I mean was literally just people pulling resources together and making a feature film totally outside of the system with like no cast that was super known or anything. I mean, and and you know, there's no A list stars, but it was a human film and it had such heart. And I mean, it's like stuff like that. I mean, like yeah. all of hip hop right now is self-made people yeah that's the people you're hearing about like the people who are stuck in contracts like that's what people say don't do right right like in in their songs they're like don't get stuck in a contract for 20 years and like i'm about to say the only way i'm gonna get stuck in a contract is if you paying me right i mean if it's a good if you you paying me yeah but then again as an artist you want to be able to to free to do stuff so you know wants to be stuck i mean if you're trying to pay me to be stuck with millions of dollars (laughs) right maybe maybe being stuck isn't that bad. (laughs) right it ain't that bad i just gotta wait three to five years but right right but then it is hard that is hard as an artist it's like being a basketball player and people say oh this person is hurting they're still getting paid 50 million dollars but they want to play yeah you know there's no point to getting paid if you're not playing right 100 <laughs> percent. yeah you know i know you talked about this in the documentary but i feel like it would be interesting to explain here outside of like baseball football basketball not a lot of other sports have crazy high salaries or salaries yeah. at all can you kind of talk about that? Because I feel like people have an impression about, you know, oh, you're if you're an Olympic qualifying event, you must be raking it in. Right. Which is not the case. Definitely not the case, unfortunately. Um, and that's a lot of Olympic sports. That's uh, gymnastics, swimming, fencing, all those sports. Uh, I have a friend who bobsleds and um, he's awesome. OK. Um, but they make damn near no money. Right. Like right. They, and, and they sacrifice just as many hours as other athletes See, and that's athletes. the thing that's like fascinating it's like yeah i mean i've been out on the track i've seen you train i mean like you you do the same amount of work 
and you're yeah. just not compensated in this organized way like you know yeah. the nba or whatever yeah not at all and it's like we always say in track and field uh track is the oldest sport but seems to be the oldest sport seems to be the most forgotten sport it's i mean it's true. the most basic yeah. sport out of you anything run. you right. run you right. race when you're kids you're like let's race right you know what i mean like who's the fastest right and of course those guys they make more money than anybody but even them they're not making they're making a small fraction of what uh, basketball play. maybe not even a small fraction that's true um it is kind of crazy like how the salaries work and it's like super different in track and field yeah um so i guess like kind of going forward you're gonna drop a feature you're gonna try to do the olympics again where where's your mind at like what is the kind of default space because i feel like mm-hmm. you either have to be super zen and calm or you mm-hmm. have to really be able to just like slide real quick back and forth between film mode and track mode um i think it's a combination of it all right um you have to learn the balance you have to know how to slide in and out Mm -hmm. where you fit in um and then also you just have to find your zen right you really do and this past few months especially after you know the atlanta situation and everything Mm -hmm. um i'm back home and i've been you know getting more spiritual reading my bible just praying more and spending more time you know praying and staring into the ceiling and then also hanging with family i think family centers you yeah those things Um, are important i mean sometimes like people talk about like you always have to be hustling and grinding but Mm -hmm. sometimes like you do just need to stare at the wall and like get lost and whatever it's so true you just need those yeah moments of quietness yeah that's really undervalued i feel like too is a Mm. i mean as an artist as an athlete just in american culture in general Mm because it's like everything is right everything's like business and work Mm -hmm. and hustle i mean even creative stuff even though it's creative people still like can work themselves to the bone yeah and like even when you're not working you're thinking about what you're trying to create yeah 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 it's not at all and i found too like um people always talk about like the kind of you know the tortured artist complex where you create the best work when you're not happy or whatever but like mm-hmm. i feel like when your basic needs are met you create way better work because yeah. you're actually like comfortable and yeah. i mean you don't want to get so comfortable that you're not working right right but i feel like that's where people can actually take risk because if you're just struggling to like pay a bill or do this or that like you don't you may not have time to think about mm-hmm. x y and z mm-hmm. um that's but, true. And I know. think that has a lot to do with the new school mentality. Yeah. Um, the way the new generation just moves. The self-care. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like our generation is more about self-care and more about mental health. Yeah. And, like, we actually, like, admit things. That's <laughs> like, true. Because I feel like, you know, not a disrespect to anyone <laughs> before, but I feel like a lot of, of times not. people would just sort of sugarcoat mm-hmm. and be like, oh, everything's fine. Just cover and, it up. You know, just put on a happy face and smile. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know now if you're not happy or if you're disappointed you're like i'm disappointed right and people are just more confident to talk about what's going on i Mm -hmm. mean like it doesn't mean you have a solution because i feel like that's the thing everyone expects oh if i'm talking about it i have to know a solution right and i think part of it is getting lost in the process and just saying this Mm -hmm. is something i'm figuring out exactly like you know that's literally the point of the show it's like the title is convincing creatives and does that mean the creatives are convincing or do they need convincing are we convincing them yeah. And so it's like, you know, <laughs> shameless self-promotion. But, you know, it's like, right. that's it. But it's like, are we getting lost in the process? Because I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying, you got to stare at the ceiling sometimes to, like, think about things and mm-hmm. digest. Um, that's important. So, yeah, totally. That's very important. It's so easy to get lost, especially with social media. Oh, you see everyone else, their creations and what they're doing. Because I know on Instagram, I follow uh, hashtag cinematography mm-hmm. and hashtag 
I think just movie right. directors. Right. Um, and I'm constantly seeing like these crazy visual images and equipment that I not yet able to afford. Totally so sometimes understand. that gets in your head and you're like, oh, yeah. people are creating all this beautiful content. And then I have mm-hmm. this little camera. And it's like, this camera is not the latest. It's like, yeah. you get down on yourself. Right, right. You're like, I can't make a film until I get that next camera. Exactly. And it's right. like, really, you can just dust off that camera. Right. You have. Yeah. But it's you don't that, need that $10,000 camera. Right. It would help. Oh, sure. It would but, help. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, but if that's Until what's then. keeping you from doing it, you mm-hmm. know, if that camera is going to help you do it better, then save up and get it. But it's right. like, you know, I think a lot of people use that as a crutch. They do. And a lot of people just kind of say, oh, well, you know, I'll let the time fly. But then five years go by and you've not made anything. Exactly. You know? And that's I feel like true. that's that's the trap is that people... Like you said on social media, it's like you get lost in the comparison mindset. Yeah. And it's it's dangerous. It's I mean, so dangerous. So dangerous. And it has a lot to do with the mental health, you know. Well, I, I ask people this now is like, how often do you get on social media and open the app? And then when you get off, are you ever actually any happier than when you started? <laughs> That's true. Because I've never found what I'm looking for. <laughs> That's true. Whatever it is. And I still do it. Like I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> right. That is like, I still do. I, I will go home after this and probably and do probably it. look through Instagram. But it's like very strange <laughs> mm-hmm. psychologically. It's like how that works. That's true. And like I don't believe like I know some people are like just delete it all, get off of it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. Yeah. I think I there know. is a lot of good that comes out of it because I kind of think it. I mean, it's a tool at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yeah. And it's how you use it. It's no mm-hmm. different than like a hammer or a screwdriver. Right. Um, but it's just a lot more addicting. Than right. A hammer or a screwdriver. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, like, it's just like it's just like it's don't abuse it. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it is. It unfortunately. Is. Yeah. Um, you gotta know your balance. hundred percent. And I think there's know. like hacks you can kind of have where you know mm-hmm. some people are like turn the black and white on your phone so then <laughs> the icons aren't so tempting and you know all That's this true. stuff. But That's you know true. I think it's like you said it's just sort of getting in your own self interest and kind of saying, okay, what do I need out of this? And mm-hmm. then once you get it or once you feel like you're not getting it, maybe that's even more important sort of saying, all right, I'm going to hop off of this right now mm-hmm. and go write or go work out or do something different. Exactly. Um, you need that balance. Yeah. So like on a totally different random note, mm-hmm. um, going back to run of the picture, which yeah. you guys can all watch on Amazon prime video, shameless self promotion. We <laughs> want you to go watch Good it. Plug in. You know, we've been making it for five years. What, what are you going to do? Just leave right. it sitting there. I mean, you got to right. watch it. Gotta do something. <laughs> Somebody got to yeah, watch it's, it. It's free if you have Prime. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. um, but like it's, in terms of the documentary, like I'm just curious. This is just my own sheer curiosity. Like what mm-hmm. did it feel like being documented? Like was that a weird experience or was it just like you're around cameras and stuff? Were you kind of used to that? Or I guess being around yeah. cameras. Because you have press experience. Too. Yeah, yeah. So that you're did traveling help. traveling for races and stuff. Exactly. Because I did think, honestly... Yeah. During the 2016 Olympics, I thought maybe it would be kind of in the way. I was thinking mm, maybe it'll yeah. cut my focus, but it didn't. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah. didn't at yeah. all. Um, it was there, and I was like, yeah. whatever. Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, I always am very cognizant of is like, mm. uh, and I've I've like you know I'm a documentary nerd. I love narrative film too, but like I listen to a lot of documentary filmmakers, mm-hmm. and like a lot of my heroes always talk about like you have to understand. There's like points where you go in and you get that's what true. you need, and you kind of you know, press the subject for a question, but there's other points where you just kind of like 
hang back and observe and it's it's sort of just like knowing what to do where mm. and i mean i don't know i don't think i think I'm, you did a good great job okay. at that i never Thanks. felt like oh my gosh she's in the way i never felt like right right like oh, <laughs> yeah <okay. laughs> well thanks i appreciate that yeah, it was I a mean, great balance yeah. it was especially and during 2016 olympics yeah. like I've, at moments i felt like you weren't there good you know what i mean <laughs> okay. i'm like hey, when did he get that shot right like, yeah it's like being you know flying the wall during that whole lead up <laughs> is like you know yeah. that whole season you know you were very focused and i could tell you know when you you were in a headspace to answer a question versus maybe like when it would be a better time to just get b-roll and just sort of like and that's the other thing too is like i think as documentation goes you have this sort of you know thought where it's like i always have to get uh interview and like interviews are great Mm -hmm. but i actually didn't use that many on-camera interviews i used a lot of like the audio but using the b-roll to really sell the story Mm -hmm. and kind of show rather than tell um, which I think is hard because I think a lot of times in documentary you get lost in just sort of like every word, but it's really more about like a feeling and a collective of events. Right. Um, but that was I awesome mean, you yeah. did that because we did do a lot of sit down interviews. We did. Yeah. I like how you, you didn't really have to use any of them. You just used yeah. The, I mean, I used a little bit of the audio and then we did like an audio interview only, right. which was super helpful. Right. That's true. Um, cause we also could like sit this close to the mic and you'd have right. to, worry you about have to worry about And so the audio quality was dope, exactly. but, uh, it, it actually kind of forces you to rely more on B roll. Um, and I had just come from doing a bunch of like music videos. And so I was so used to not having audio mm, and it so kind of was a helpful way. Though, yeah. It's like weird how stuff, do you ever notice that like mm-hmm. within film or it may, I mean, you probably noticed it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about it at the end of run of the picture was right. you were saying like track has shaped my worldview and my narrative and my discipline that I now apply to filmmaking and without it, I wouldn't be the filmmaker that I am. Right. And like, that was something really interesting that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, could you maybe speak more to that? Yeah, like just I mean, you know, I've done track and field most of my life, yeah. but it's instilled so many morals um in my life. Right. Um and like I said before, resilience and right. perseverance and finishing it to the end. And uh that's why I I said I was gonna retire, but then you know, I've been doing it so long and it did teach me mm-hmm. integrity and just not giving up. And so that's when I had to come back because I was just like but maybe it's you know maybe it's not over just there's yet. It's like story. my gut was telling me there's more to the story, yeah. and no, whatever, regardless of what the outcome is, it's yeah. just not over yet. Yeah, and I mean like the the wild thing is, this is how I always think about everything now, and I think actually making this documentary about you kind of helped me reach this conclusion just in life. Mm-hmm. Is that I feel like so so often we get so short sighted, and what that means mm-hmm. is like we're over here trying to say well, we have to achieve X, Y, and Z and get this award and get this thing, get that. And like, that's all great if you get it. Yeah. But people forget that you're you're on like a line in a chapter and you've still got like half a book here. And it's like, even if you don't get that thing, mm-hmm. you've learned so much lessons that you apply to a totally different and unrelated thing in your life that's that just true. makes you way stronger and more interesting. That's true. Because like, if you walk into something else with all this you know, knowledge from that, Mm-hmm. you're just all of a sudden way more marketable and interesting. That's you, true. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's why I think a lot of times, um, like people, like, for example, who are in the military, like when they get out of service, they have a very unique skill set, mm-hmm. but then they find work in all kinds of different ways. And mm-hmm. I think our society definitely could do way better. But like mm-hmm. when they do, mm-hmm. like you see a lot of interesting things happen. Like there's a lot of entrepreneurship in that community. And mm-hmm. I think it's super just interesting in general when you can take a skill set Mm-hmm. that you think is unrelated but then find a way to relate it exactly so. and it's crazy you say that because i always assumed um 
like leaving a season or finishing mm-hmm. a season with the medal, uh, being a champion. I always thought there would be so many opportunities that come with that, which yeah. there are. Oh, sure, yeah. But um, there are just as many op- opportunities without it. Yeah. Like you said, with yeah. the lessons that you learn, yeah. you just have to know that. Because yeah. I think that's what held me back, um, you know, after a season that didn't go well, I will be down on myself. And then the rest of the year, I'm just like, oh, well, there's no opportunities mm. because I didn't have a good season. But mm. honestly, there's more opportunities. You just have to be optimistic. Right. And you have to look for them. We and do. I think that's the thing is like kind mm. of you can't be content to just kind of like be like, all right, I'm going to wait for it to all happen. Right. Because that usually never happens that way. Mm-hmm. It's usually you pressing a situation. Mm-hmm. Have you, Um, I, I will say this. I, I, I went through a weird point where it was like, Right after I made my first feature, Son of Clowns, mm. I kind of didn't know what to do next. Like I had this very mm. applicable skill set. I knew I could go make another feature that way. But mm. it's really, I mean, I still technically haven't made my next narrative feature. I'm writing it and I made, you know, a TV show. So that was like long form and different. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what to do with it because I didn't feel for a while that it achieved, you know, the Sundance Film Festival or it didn't achieve major acclaim or you know this that, and the third but it's like being distant from it you know coming back to it as my older self i look back and i'm like no there was a lot that happened i just wasn't listening yeah you know and like that's the thing i was so caught up in like trying to look up Mm -hmm. i wasn't actually looking level and seeing what was happening in that moment Mm -hmm. and it's like looking back i'm like oh no there was you know interesting stuff going on but I think that's like mm-hmm. human nature. Do you um, feel like you could have done a little bit more with Son of Clouds being that you were looking up the whole time? Mm-hmm. There was so much, many more opportunities yeah. available. Yeah. And I don't know, like sometimes I do. And then other times I'm like, no, I definitely like gave it my all. And, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And I think it's just that part of the artist brain where you, you kind of wrestle with it. And it's like mm-hmm. in hindsight, you could always say, well, I could have stayed up one more hour and emailed, you know, mm-hmm. but at a certain point. Was that the email yeah, that you needed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> was it that last one that you went to bed you know right it's like you know but at a certain point like it's just like you you have to call it and like yeah you know and it's always weird like and this is just a very personal weird thing for me mm-hmm. it's always weird when like you kind of do that market cycle with a film where mm-hmm. that's your thing that you're plugging and then there comes a point where it's like no i don't talk about that anymore i have something new mm-hmm. and it's like weird because you're like but i still have a connection to that mm-hmm. and i still want you to see it but right. the time it's like it's season has passed <laughs> yeah and like you so don't weird. want you, you can't cling to it anywhere like you need to just let it out you know and actually i think that's the moment for me as a filmmaker where i have felt the most relief where i'm able to just let it go because mm. it feels like i've done it whatever it needed i've just done it you know and mm. it's like that's you kind of cut all the you know the, the ropes ties, from the yeah. boat and they just float away that's true so I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a very personal thing. It's like very strange because some people don't promote their film that much. They just like do one post. Mm-hmm. For me, I just, I got to promote it. Like yeah, if I waste all the time making it, right. I got to waste all the time promoting it. Waste all the time promoting it for <laughs> Which better is true. or worse. And, that's you know, true. And like that's part of operating. It's like a very conscious choice. And like mm-hmm. you do a good job of this too. I've seen through your stuff and your films. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely am curious like how you manage it. But for me, it's just like knowing that's part of the equation. I don't worry about it. Like it's not my favorite thing. I'll be straight up. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I'm working outside of a Hollywood system or a studio system that has people doing that for you, mm-hmm. I signed a contract in my own head 
mm. when I decided to not be in that system where I go do that. And so for mm. me, it just, it feels like part of it. Like right. it's like the fourth stage of production. Right. <laughs> like, that's good. Pre- that's great preparation yeah. because one day yeah. you are, you are going to get to that level and it's going to, that phase is important. Just is. as important yeah. as the production it post-production is. phase. Yeah. I find that the last phase of it, um, it's exciting, yeah. but then it's it can suck sometimes just because you you're excited about it because it's like your baby. You feel like it's your masterpiece, right. but other people aren't as excited as you feel they should be. Right. And so it kind of so sometimes you find it's yourself hard. dumbing it down yeah. because you're like, well, you know what? I'm excited, but no one else really gives a crap. You know what I mean? Um, and then in some cases, people are just as excited as you. Right. Um, and, and especially if you're going through the film festival uh, circuit, you like we we're saying before, you have to be very patient. And so you can have all this energy around it. Yeah. And then you submit it to four or five festivals and then you have to wait. Mm-hmm. And then your j- energy just kind of. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then it's this weird, you, know? you have to like just push and wait. And it's like so many emotions mm-hmm. and, and there's so much patience. Because you have to disconnect yourself yeah. from it because you don't want to psych yourself out. Right. And that's such a huge thing. And like that's, yeah. I think, what leads to a lot of people not making follow up. Mm-hmm. It's like they'll do something and they'll and they'll get crushed in that process. Yeah, because it can be crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, do you know how to wade those waters? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I think that's what's super interesting about being a creative in 2019 is that you have so much at your disposal with the internet, but at the same time, it's like it sometimes feels like shouting in the void. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of got to a point where maybe I got too pessimistic. But I kind of got that way where I'm like, I just put a little post out and like whatever and mm-hmm. people will find it if they want. <laughs> and like then I realized I was like, no, I'm not getting as much traction that way. And like mm-hmm. I got to believe in it. You do. And and that's part of it is you like do. and I think we suppress that because it's like you don't want to look like you care too much. Exactly. But it's like if you put all the time into making it, you should. You care. should. You and should. to be fair, like I want to watch work from people that care. I don't want to watch work from people that are like. Mm-hmm. trying to look cool because right, like exactly. that's not an artist i mean mm-hmm. i don't know and like you know that's you don't so want to cool. spam people but you do want to be invested in your own work right um because i mean that was the thing with this movie with run of the pictures like mm-hmm. i've been working on it so long but i've also you know like i haven't talked about it a lot during the process but i would mention it every couple yeah, months now and, then, and yeah. it's you know it's very seldom and then i kind of forgot about that and so when i put that trailer out yesterday i'm like i bet this is the first time so many people have heard about this and mm-hmm. then so many people were like oh finally this <laughs> and i was yeah, like yeah. that's true i guess they have been, <laughs> They've been waiting. wondering and they, you know it's like but i, I wasn't overwhelming them either so right and that's awesome that they're like finally yeah that's like, awesome that was that dope because i'd never reaction. experienced that till yesterday yeah. and i was like you know, because normally my films are not five years in the making. <laughs> right. And so this was a very different type of film, you know, being a documentary like that. But yeah. I mean, it, it was fascinating that and just how that worked, you know, yeah. um, and making that kind of uh, just assessment to be yeah. like, all right, well, people people do feel that way. Right. And, and that I guess makes sense. I guess I feel that yeah. way, too, as far as marketing and promoting um, mm-hmm. people do have. uh they're quick just to latch on to something and then move on. Yeah. And so like their tolerance is very, it's like a two year old. So I think it has a lot to do with that. It's yeah. like you come out with it's something. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, should you put it out now yeah. when it's close to when you actually have it out or yeah. because if you put it out and it's not out, 
Or if you put out yeah. a trailer and they can't see it, right. then they're going to lose intention. And right. then you're going to have to move on. They're going to move on to right. something else. And then by the time you put it out, like, hey, watch it. They right. have already moved on. 100%. So I guess you have to be strategic. You definitely do. You and do it's, it's like finding the moment because it's like mm-hmm. you don't want to hold it too long to where it, like you missed a, you know, a swell of attention that you could attach it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's it's about weighing those options. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another thing I'm kind of curious about is sort of, as someone who has, you know, balanced track and film, mm-hmm. what would you recommend people go out and do that? I mean, whether it's it doesn't have to be track and film, but maybe, you know, two different Just passions two different, or do, yeah. you, do you think it's better? Like, I'm sure you get perspective. Yeah. A lot of people have surprisingly yeah. asked me this through the years. I'm sure like, they have. I was going to say. Yeah. Like even recently, yeah. someone asked me that maybe someone, a collegiate runner was like, how do you balance yeah. both? And I was like, really? People really want to know that. But <laughs> no, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Because like not many people do that. Not a lot I of mean, people do really. that. And I didn't really think that. Yeah. But um, I guess it, I don't know, because it's a lot. When I first tried to start balancing both, yeah. um, depending on what uh, level athlete you are, because um, they're pressure that comes with each level right, right. um but I, I it's just it's just you just have to learn how to balance and um time management is everything 100%. um and like we were saying before you have to prioritize uh what you want to prioritize when you want to prioritize it you have to set aside okay if you know you want to work on this project or this uh this idea i'm going to set aside this amount of time uh march through june i'm gonna set aside that time to work on this feature yeah um if it doesn't happen then i have to set aside some other time you just have to time management and you have to plan ahead because uh as a creative you do just kind of want to do things on the fly but if you are if you do have something else that that requires focus you have to manage and you have to prioritize to begin with so i think the biggest thing with me is if i if i if i start writing tonight on a project i start thinking okay what's my track schedule when do i compete when am I going to have free time? Right. And I know, okay, I'm not going to have free time until like September, October now. So um, I'm just going to keep riding until then. And then so once that opens up, ready to go, yeah, that way right. when that moment comes, I'll have something yeah. already ready. Yeah. You know? I did notice that through the doc. That was yeah. always when you were making Did you realize that? Yeah. yeah. And I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Now, but I was like, that is always Those are the times. Yeah. yeah. And you were always good about that. You always yeah. had something to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. You always have yeah. to, you have to be ready. Like when yeah. that because it's free, it's free time 100%. and you have to utilize and it. You don't want to just sit on the couch. And not at all. Like, yeah. of course it's break, but you don't want to, yeah. it's not spring break. It's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a break from that thing. Yeah. But right. you got to keep right. going. So 100%. yeah, it's crazy. You just realize that. Yeah. yeah that's actually very interesting. That's always just after season. I'm like, okay, yeah. a production. I got to, I got to do something. Like you say, even if you have to force it out. Yeah. Well, and oftentimes it's, it's only forced the first few days right right right. and then you get in a groove and you're like you know you just it's like discipline it's like when you Mm -hmm. lift a certain weight that you don't normally lift it's going to hurt a little bit the Mm -hmm. first few days until you get used to it right right um exactly that's great advice um so the last question i ask everyone on the show it's always Mm -hmm. the same for everyone (laughs) is uh as a creative is there anything that you're currently struggling with or that maybe you've just kind of overcome that you've learned and kind of listened to within yourself that you kind of want to share about the process because, you know, the process is difficult and the process can be challenging. Um, I would say kind of a combination of both. Um, something that I've learned, um, I would say I always go back to perseverance. I guess yeah. I get that from track. Um, if you have an idea, 
film that shit. You know what I mean? Like you need to <laughs> yeah. film it and yeah, yeah, yeah. write it out first, write it out and then film it. Like get whoever wants to help put it together. If no one wants to help, figure out the way to do it by yourself. Hold the camera. And, and yeah. hold the camera. Do what you got to do and get it out there regardless of how it comes out. Just you got to get it out. You got to get those webs out. Yeah. Um, and then, but then of course, um, yeah, so for that, yeah, I would say right. if you have an idea, get it out there. Um, but, and then of course, um, I think just like anybody, I've dealt with um, writer's block. I think that's just something you deal with as a creator. 100%. You always, you kind of struggle. You may have a, a great idea, but you just have to, it's hard to formulate how you want it to come out on 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 because you can you can conceptualize it one way and then when you put it on paper or type it out it comes out totally different i think that that's, that's yeah, hard 100 i was gonna say i think that writer's block is in a weird way good because i think it means you've graduated from that beginning level of right. working on something because it's like you're still passionate about it but you mm. it's like you know you can make a film yeah it's not a matter of like am i doing rule of thirds right am i doing the audio right, <laughs> right. i mean it's like you know you can do it it's yeah. just a matter of like the content at that point Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, that just means you've graduated. Yeah, that's and you've true. You've leveled up in a way, that's and I think true. it's totally normal. Yeah, and it's healthy. Yeah. It is 100%, 100%. healthy because no one just spews out idea after idea after idea. With I mean, if you can, smile, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can, hey, more power more to power, you. You yeah. know what I mean? Studios love that, right? <laughs> but even the greatest ones, they've oh, had yeah. to. Oh yeah. They go the writers go. Well, out. and I mean that's the thing. Like, as great as Steven Spielberg is, I mean he's made some bad films too. Yeah, like, that's true. You know, it's not Very like true. I love everything he makes. Exactly. But, you know, I mean that's with any filmmaker. That's I think. It, yeah. And like, what's funny too is it's all subjective. Right. Like you know, I, I remember certain bands I would listen to back in the day, or artists mm-hmm. or something. Like I'd think one album is like not that great, and other people be like, "Oh, that's the most underrated one." I'm right? Like, you're like, okay. What? So you, I mean, you know, it's like you think a totally <laughs> different way. Yeah, that's and, true. And you know, that's what's the kind of beautiful thing about it. Um, yeah, just like finding finding what you can through those processes because it is so subjective, mm-hmm. and just sort of being like okay well y'all can deal with all the critiques and all of the (laughs) rankings and top 10 lists i'm gonna make the work and Mm -hmm. i think that's a healthy place to be yeah because i think as an artist if you cross the threshold into that world Mm -hmm. it's game over yeah definitely. you're you're kind of away from the whole point of what what it is it's like finding your zen 100 once you're there there's nothing someone can say or rank you to make you feel a certain type of way it's sort of unrelated, but it's like, you know, being able to sit in a traffic jam mm-hmm. and just crank your music and just be like, I'm here versus like, ah, that's just sitting there with rage when there's nothing you can do. That's true. Like, that's kind of the way I look at it. That's interesting. You know, because it's like you find yourself <laughs> in these situations, whether you want to be there or not. Yeah. So you may as well make the best enjoy of it. it. That's you true. Know, enjoy a jam sesh with your favorite song. I mean, like I'm I don't about know. saying, I do that all the time. Hundred percent. Raleigh has some terrible traffic right now. Terrible traffic. It's I don't growing. know why. I, love it's I guess because it's growing. Yeah. But it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm looking at it. I'm like, it's not that big of a city. Right. Where are all this traffic. Where right. are all these it's people coming, coming out from? <laughs> Stop moving to Raleigh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please move hey. here. It's a wonderful city. Um. Yeah, man. Well, dude, this was dope. I really appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, dude. Hundred percent. Um. last little thing where can people keep up with you and find you if they want to check out what you're doing yeah so i'm more active on instagram and twitter um both of my handles are the same um just follow me at dutch filmmaker um just one word all one word dutch filmmaker dope you can see what he's doing film wise you can see what he's doing track wise uh obviously wishing y'all the luck in the world with all of it yeah and uh yeah y'all go check out the documentary hope you enjoy it please do he's worked hard on it 
awkward song. It's really good. <laughs> I love the I screening. It. it was awesome. Yeah, you did awesome. Yeah, man. we're we're gonna be uh, doing some screenings across the state. If you're in North Carolina, and if you're not, again, Amazon Prime. Just just go check it out. Yeah, uh, so no excuses. Yeah, I was gonna say literally no excuses. We we will. <laughs> Make right. it as easy as possible. Um, yeah. If y'all enjoyed this podcast, consider dropping us a review on iTunes. It's super easy. Rate us five stars. Um, <laughs> and it helps us get seen and discovered in all the algorithm with all the thousands of podcasts. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Johnny, this was dope, dude. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, Thanks, man. bro. Yeah. Thanks.